0: You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Wednesday, so this is our hashtag one thing episode. Sangram and I discuss various topics that are applicable to you and our community, like personal development, trends in the marketplace, big wins, big mistakes, and more. Here we go. Welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. My name is James Carberry. I'm one of the producers of the show, and we are here today, as always, with Sangram. Sangram, how are you doing, my man? Fired up, man! This is a really,
1: really exciting topic. This is something I wrote about maybe, maybe two, three years ago, and it still keeps coming back. And uh, I, I think, I, I think people cannot get enough of it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I looking at the post
0: it. on looking at the post on uh, LinkedIn that you did a couple of years ago. Uh, And just massive engagement: 547 likes, 72 comments on a LinkedIn article, which is tough to do. Um, And so this this idea of uh, are you a one night stand marketer? uh, Super funny, uh, obviously. um, And and, uh, I'm I'm stoked to to dive into this idea. But tell us, like, what's kind of like what made you kind of come up with this this idea
1: overall? Man, I was at the B2B uh, Marketing Profs Conference in Boston, and there was a guy, uh, his name is Avinash Kaushik. He's a Google evangelist, and and it was really awesome to kind of hear his talk. He totally rocked it. Uh, And what was really interesting, and he said this a couple of times, and I don't think that was the main theme of his topic, but he said it a couple of times in a way that just made me kind of cringe. And he said, hey, man, what really happens is B2B marketers really want to go to bed with their uh, prospect. And I like to call prospects future customers. But his whole idea was around B2B marketers want to go to bed with, uh, with the prospects or future customers on the very first date. And when I sat back in that conference room, and I was listening to it, and I started to think about it, I was like, He's absolutely right. And mm-hmm. I am one of those marketers who's trying to do that every day. So wow. it had a profound impact in my way of thinking. And I literally banged out this blog article right that night or next morning because I was so inspired. Um, so, it's, it's again, it's very simple, five different things. Uh, but I think if people take the time to, to kind of articulate to themselves what they're doing and why they're doing, they'll probably find themselves in the same shoes I found myself yeah. two years ago.
0: Yeah. So, so you've in this article, you, you talk through kind of five signs that you might be a one night stand marketer. And this, this first one, Sangram, is that you focus on leads, not engagements. Talk to us about this one.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I think we have talked about engagement in general on this podcast. So people who have listened to this daily podcast before, you probably have heard us say that, look, engagement is the new metric. And it was really interesting that this is 2015. I don't think I was really thinking about it that way I think about it now. And I think it's even more important now than ever. The reality is when we look at number of leads as a metric of success, And and I want to kind of repeat that for a second. I think when we look at number of leads as a metric of success, we completely miss the point. It it is not about number of leads at all. Uh, As a matter of fact, we all know this, this tab that has been going around since 2015 by Forrester that says 1%, less than 1% of the leads are turning into customers. So clearly 99% of your time, energy, money, resources, what have you. Is not driving revenue. So, so what's going on? What is it that we should truly be measuring and thinking about? And it all comes down to, in my view, is, is this idea of engagement? Are we engaging? Are the right people getting engaged or are we? just looking at every single download or piece of article that anybody has written so overall i think people are over subscribing to this idea of leads because it is so easy to track it's so easy to do it's so easy to buy it's so easy to kind of send emails but then when it comes to the reality of it like what well, what's really happening and you look at engagement well nobody did anything after they downloaded that ebook so mm-hmm. That really didn't drive results, did it? So, yeah. so to me, the this whole idea of not focusing on leads and focusing on engagement would be a better way to think about it.
0: Yeah. So so are there things, I know that you recently did an interview, I think, with Joe Rowley talking about this idea of engagement as kind of marketing 2.0. Um are, are there specific things that you guys have done at terminus to 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 drive actual, like real engagement?
1: Absolutely, man. I think uh, one, one of the best ways that we try to measure engagement is time on site. So okay. if somebody comes and downloads an ebook, well, that's fine. And, and as a marketer myself, like I don't even read the ebooks I create from end to end sometimes, right? I mean, it's just yeah. the truth of it. Uh, because we have so much information in there and people typically glance through it. So that's not real engagement. That's That's an activity that somebody yeah. did. Now, the engagement would be, oh, they actually came to the website, and not just one, but three people from that account came to the website, and they spent time on the pricing page, the product page, and the platform page. Now, that's engagement. I want to yeah. know more about it, or, or, or let's just think about a webinar. If they actually attended the webinar and listened to us for 30 minutes, well, that's true engagement. So, we look at these kind of characteristics as opposed to the old age, uh, looking at just the scoring of lead, which means how many activities they did. Well, that may be good, but that may not be the best indicator of letting you know which accounts or which people are really truly engaged in, in yeah. hoping to drive revenue for you.
0: So, so are there things, Sangram, that you guys have found that you can proactively do to get the type of engagement that you're looking for? And it, like you guys doing like the Flip My Funnel conferences for the last, you know, several years in different parts of the country, I think, you know, to, from my perspective, seems like an incredible way to to drive real engagement because you're getting face to face with these with the, with, with the folks in the community. Um, but are, like, are there any other things like that that you've seen like, man, when we do these things, it drives the type of engagement that we're really looking for.
1: absolutely. I think we uh, so so I'll give you a perfect examples, like the good timing. I was in Toronto last week, uh, presenting at the salesTO event. And I, I could have just gone there and just did my talking and then come, came back, right? Just feeling good. But I, yeah. I really, really tried to make the most out of these these, these flights. Uh, one thing is as soon as I reached there or before, obviously, before reaching there, I would create a list of all the companies that I want to spend time with. They may be our existing customers or future customers and have those one-on-one times. And, and, and those are conversations with no agenda. There is nothing that we're trying to sell, nothing that I'm trying to get out of them outside of just learning how they're doing, what's going on, what are they thinking about, and and purely a learning exercise, and hopefully the learning will be on both sides. When I tell you, those one-to-one conversations are incredibly powerful. And I yep. wish more people as executives in the company, or it doesn't even matter if you're an executive or not. If you go and meet your customer or future customer with no agenda, just take them for coffee or lunch yeah. and say, Hey, I, I just, just want to stop by. say, how you doing, man? The conversations that flow out of that are it's real. Are like, it's real. It's raw. It's and it's, it's like amazing value. Uh,
0: yeah. I was on a, I was on a trip last week. We went to Boston and then Denver and then back to Orlando. And I did uh I did several dinners. I think I did three different dinners, three different lunches with four to six people at each. At each, and then uh, actually did another dinner. So, so four dinners. one uh, back in Orlando, and from that kind of week long stretch of in person dinners and lunches uh, with prospects, you know, customers, former customers, uh, it was uh, we we ended up producing six new opportunities out of that kind of stretch wow. of of of, of in-person events. And so it is, it is so tangible and so real, um, that I like, I, but it's hard to do, right? Like being in person (laughs) with, with people is not something that you can scale easily. Like you can like, Oh, I'm just going to buy another list of leads, quote unquote leads going back to your, like this idea that like the, the hard stuff is usually the stuff that works.
1: Uh, I love that, uh, man. I love that you said that. Uh, I think those hard things actually, in in many ways, you're right, they're not scalable. But if you do enough number of times, those things actually can manifest into a 10x output for you and your organization. And I think people just try to just do too many things at scale that almost feels like spammy, just like email marketing where we send out emails and we send it to everyone and everybody knows they're just a number and they're just on the list and that's why they did, nobody gets responses typically on their newsletters yeah. well that's because they know it's it's an automated thing but every time i would send a personalized email uh, like nine out of 10 that like you talk about email open rates or click-through rates or yeah all personal emails it's you know amazing response and if if that's not important
0: i don't know what it is No. So, so saying on the second point, uh, you say you like conversion, uh, you know, the second sign that you're a one night stand marketer, you like conversion rates, not conversations. Yeah, I think
1: it really kind of follows through what we just talked about in the in the first point. And I think let's just take this as an example. People, especially marketers, I'm a marketer, so I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just literally articulating how I have been doing things. I, as a marketer, love, love, love getting alerts every time somebody fills a form. And that is just the nature. It's like a dopamine shot. Like all of a sudden, somebody fills up a form. That's just phenomenal. That's just fantastic. I want to, I want to, I love that. And it's a score. It's a conversion. And that's something that I can go and show to my leadership team. Hey, we got 50 conversions. What's harder is, are all the conversations. What happened next? And if nothing happened next, let's say, let's say somebody downloaded an ebook and nothing happened for the next four, five, six weeks, especially after they did that, we missed the entire opportunity to have a conversation. So, so really the big point here from my perspective is can we take every conversion that we possibly get through whatever channel it might be, it might be a forum or a chat or whatever, and then take it to a conversation. And if we don't do that, if we miss that. I think we would be in a, such a big mess. And I, I see mm-hmm. this happening in every organization all the time. People fill up forms and they wait for two weeks for somebody to talk to them. And we just it's miss crazy. the conversation.
0: Yeah, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, this third sign that you might be a one-night stand marketer, saying I mean, you say you keep asking for registrations instead of paying attention to your pipeline. What's that mean?
1: Dude, this is uh, this is a part where I think marketing and sales really, really, uh, uh, the whole alignment issue kind of falls away. So so for example, most organizations, and, and this is probably true for 100% of the organization, I'm just going to say that, 100% of the organizations out there today have a pipeline. And that means they know what the health of the business might look like. And they know that maybe uh, what percentage of that pipeline could turn into customers. And, and the reality is, That's what the number is, and that's where the the whole sandbox is. So most organizations can almost predict where they're going to end at the end of the month or end of the quarter or end of the year based on what the pipeline looks like. So clearly, pipeline is really important. The CEO, the CFO, the board, everybody looks at it. Very few marketers, if you go around and ask, and I've done this in almost every single one of the conferences I've talked to, how many of you guys are looking at the pipeline? And Mm -hmm. the answer is, well, market Well, that's the job of the sales team. Wrong Mm -hmm. answer. It is the Mm -hmm. job of the marketing team to think about the pipeline because pipeline drives the health of the business. So when I think about when we, we try to ask for more registration means we continue to do the things that we know work. Uh, which means an email blast, which means a webinar. And and those are the things that are for the future uh, activities that are going to happen. But who is focusing on the existing pipeline, the the pipeline that will help your business succeed? And if nobody's focused on it on the marketing team, then we have completely missed the point. A great example at that point was uh, was running just, just from a type of webinar. So there could be a webinar that you try to get hundreds of people and there could be a webinar that only has 10 people coming to it, but those 10 people are from the opportunities that your customer, uh, that your sales team is trying to close, and it's in the same exact industry that they want to talk to. So you're not going to get thousands of people on that webinar, but you might just get ten. But the conversion rate from that, if you care about that kind of conversion, that's a great conversion. Would yeah. be better to a customer. So it, it all goes back to how do I figure out and how do I focus on the right things for my organization as opposed to the things that work and has been done for so many
0: years. Yeah, no, that's that's spot on, man. This uh, this fourth sign that you might be a one night stand marketer, Sangram. Uh, you love customers but hate prospects who don't download your ebook. Talk to us about this one. Dude,
1: I think you and I probably, I think, I hear it in, the, in your laugh over there <laughs> a little bit. It's like you know, we all know we hate downloading ebooks. and I'm a marketer. Yeah. I love creating ebooks. Yeah. Uh, but but people hate downloading ebooks. So yeah. what? This is what generally happens, and and this is like a picture for people to kind of put it in their brain as they're listening to this. Uh, imagine you created a book, and you're, you're somebody's trying to sell something to you. Let's just say you are the buyer. And you are one of the, the frontline managers on the team, and, and, and the ebook is created for, for everybody on the team to look at it. But first of all, your CEO or your CFO or your executive team, they're not downloading that ebook. Not yeah. at all. Right. Yep. So it what and, and they might see some content and they may say, Hey, you know, Sangram, go check this out. So Sangram goes and checks this thing out. And, they, and, and then that person, because Sangram went and downloaded the ebook, he's harassed from by, by emails, <laughs> nah. by phone calls, and all the things from the sales team because sales found a champion. At least they yeah. think that way but the reality is that's not how how it all works most executives don't do it so i encourage and think about people like look, let's say okay you created an ebook now take it to the next level maybe you create an infographic maybe you create another blog maybe you create another slide share all the repurposing of content all it is is that not everything has to be gated you want yeah. to create value. Oh, and if you speak speaking my love language, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just crazy, right? It doesn't yeah. have to be all gated. And if you can figure out the time on site, going back to our very first point, that's what you want. You want con- conversations, not conversions.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I love your point about not making everything gated. Uh, I, I, there's just this default setting as marketers to think that we have to be able to collect an email address for any piece of valuable content that we put into the world. And it's just not true Like <laughs> with ungated content comes brand and an authority and trust building. Uh, and, and I just, I see this, I, I just see this move toward more ungated content partic- in, in 2018. Specifically, I think more and more people are going to start adapting to of taking taking the gates away from a lot of their content because uh just a lot more people are going to consume it and ultimately end up converting because of it even though you didn't capture their email that it's like it's like this i don't know this desperate chase to get somebody's email um is is interesting to me because to your point exactly even though we have that email it's it's very it's just so oftentimes it's not an actual indication of you know, their, their interest. It's, you know, a CEO, they said, Hey, take a look at this. Um, and we take it to mean a whole lot more than, uh, than what it actually is. So I I love that you mentioned that, uh, this last one saying, I'm the fifth sign that you're a one night stand marketer. You send emails to everyone all the time talk to, <laughs> us, talk to us about this one
1: well this is a, i i remember uh, th- and this is a true story and i'm not going to say which company i was with and and what the conversation like i'll share the conversation and i think most people would hopefully at least laugh at uh, at me and in it and at my expense I, I feel like i want to i want to share that so let's say you you know you're you're you know you're sitting in a meeting in a marketing meeting and you're looking at all the different people that are in your database, and you're saying, oh, oh, my goodness, this is a gold mile. I want to go after every single person in our database. They sound, they, they look all really good, yeah. and, and target audience is awesome. Now, I get email addresses for a lot of them through whatever channels you might have done, and then you start sending them emails. Um, three months later, you're sitting back in that meeting and looking at, like, okay, what the engagement looks rate looks like, and you kind of look at, oh, you know, 90% of them are not even engaging with uh, with the content. Well, what happened here? Well, I don't know. Maybe the content needs to change. Okay, let's go change the content and send them another email. And six months later goes by and you look at the same engagement rate and you're like, well, what's happening here? No engagement from these people. Oh, I don't know. Maybe they're not interested. Maybe the timing is not right, but maybe now it is. So let's send more emails. And, and we just have the sea of emails going to an unbelievable amount of people Personally, I don't even delete emails that come to my inbox because I think that's even additional time and respect that I'm giving to some of those emails that I don't need to. So so to me, the whole idea of you sending more and more emails has to stop. Like emails, yes, emails is a good way to passively nurture and share information, but you got to monitor that engagement layer. And going back to our analogy of relationships, I- imagine you just keep calling to this one person um, that you want to take on a date and you just keep sending them notes after notes after notes. Well, you know, you might get a restraining order against you. So, yeah. so I feel marketers need, this should be a, um a really alarming for a lot of people and and hopefully it will be shot in the arm for most marketers when they hear this is that look your emails are not working and emails although being easy to send are not the only thing that you should be thinking about and and i would really really uh implore that man let's just find a better way to engage with our customers and future customers because they
0: deserve better and and so do you think that that alternative is moving more toward social environments you know we talked about the in-person element being incredible for engagement um you know but but obviously you can't you can't be in the same city as your as your future customers all the time um so like i know that you have been really really active on on linkedin uh, and and seems to be like, you seem to be engaging with a lot of different folks there. Is that the channel where you see, kind of, hey, marketers spend less time on email, spend more time actually trying to engage with your community on social? Or are there other ways that, that you see folks being able to do that? I'm
1: glad you asked that because I, I think for me, I love LinkedIn because that's where the future customers and the existing customers of Terminus are. and And that's where the target, you know, the audiences are for me to kind of engage on. Now for your company and your customers, it might be completely different. It might be on Facebook. It might be on Twitter. It might be on Instagram. Um, That's something for you to figure out uh, for whoever, who you're reaching out to. I I do think that we have to engage people on the terms they engage on. And, at different levels in the company, the engagement could be beyond that. So, for 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 me, instance, uh, for my instance, you know, we're we reaching out to marketers, and they're typically the buyers of our our platform. So, marketers are a lot of times on LinkedIn and social. So, it's a lot easier for me to engage because I know they have a social digital life that's just out there, and 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 they yeah. want to engage on that, and they are writing and things. So, it's it's easier for me on that front. But then the CEOs of these companies that that are a lot of times the dismay, decision makers are signing the check or the CFOs, they're not on, on, on LinkedIn all the time chatting yeah. and they're not on all these social butterfly places. So in those cases, those that's where I try to go and have in-person conversation when I'm flying out and traveling and saying, okay, hey, yeah, I'd love to meet uh, you and your CEO. Or in many cases, I would send a personal note to their CEO and say, hey, I'm going to be in town and love to meet, or let's just hop on a call and chat. And and that's what they appreciate. So whatever the process is, what matters is, are, are, are they are you having an ongoing conversation? And, and part of this whole relationship around, hey, are you... Um, Are you you marketing like a one night stand uh, person? Are you, and this applies to sales, like are you selling like a one night stand salesperson? Like every one of us have to recognize that our customers and our future customers they deserve better, they want to have conversations, and they want to buy from you at some point. But if we try to overdo any of these things, it's an immediate red flag for a lot of them. And I know in my lifetime, I've already made decisions that I'm not going to buy from some companies already based on oh. how much harassment I've had from them in, in the process. So adding value and driving conversations might be one of the best things you could do to, for yourself.
0: Yeah. I love it. And, and this, and the idea of being patient and, mm-hmm. you know, going, going back to that, that point that the overall idea that you can't expect to go to bed with these people in your first engagement or interaction with them, this, this it, it, it takes a while, um, and, and being patient and not, not coming across as pushy or, you know, to use your term, like harassing people into thinking that you're going to convince them into buying your product or your service. It just doesn't work that way. It's not, it's just, I feel like so much of what we're talking about is just like, this should be common sense. But for whatever reason, uh, you know, we're, we're not treating people like people and it comes across as just extremely cold, and, uh, <laughs> and that's why it's not driving results. So I've loved this, Sangram. Is there anything else you want to talk to about, uh, speak to about this topic before I let you go today?
1: Man, uh, I think I said something in this uh, blog post, so I'm just going to repeat it verbatim. I think that could be good. good closing. You know, you got to love and engage your future customers on their terms and and don't shove the same shit on every channel and to everyone every single day that's not marketing that's Mm -hmm. called blasting and i think if people can put those two in context like am i marketing or am i blasting i think they would be able to make better decisions
0: i love it awesome sangram well thank you man so much for your time today this has been incredible and i'm looking forward to next wednesday let's do it